0: Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed, and finally, since I've been trying, I looked since 2018 was when we first tried to do this. I finally got Johnny Craig on the show. Johnny, what's up, man?
1: Another uh, man, just hanging out. How are you? Uh,
0: I'm good. I'm good. It's hot as hell. Well, uh, I'm in Louisiana, so we're getting into the uh, the summertime season. Okay.
1: It's a little warm here. I don't think it's probably not. How hot is it there?
0: Uh, it's about 91 today.
1: Oh, no, we're good. We, yeah. Today it's like overcast, so it's like 60, 65 maybe, but...
0: What part so, of Cali are you in? Sacramento. Nice.
1: Nice. Yeah. Where are you from? Canada. Are you really? I didn't yeah. know that. I was born in North Dakota, but um, my dad was in the military, so we just bounced around a lot. And then uh, ended up in Washington. I was super young. I don't remember any of it really. And then when my parents divorced, I uh, moved to Canada. That's pretty much all I remember from like Canada on. So,
0: what? Uh, my dad was too. What branch was yours?
1: Uh, military. Yeah. Yeah. Him and his wife were both uh, first class sergeants.
0: In the army. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. My dad was Major Payne in the Air Force. That's my last name. So that was good. That was good for a few months. Yeah. Uh Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, seen him?
1: Yeah, um, seen them both.
0: Thoughts? Yeah. No,
2: um,
0: All right. Out of uh Moon Knight, Loki and Winter or uh Falcon and Winter Soldier. What's your favorite?
1: Um I mean I really I fuck with Heavy, um, you know, Winter Soldier a lot. Um, Really? I do. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, I've read the comics a lot, so it's cool to see, like, Sam Wilson as Captain America. Uh, Moon Knight was good. I really liked Moon Knight a lot. Um, I
0: I liked Moon Knight. That's one of my favorite comics. That's such a good story.
1: It was really good. I think Loki was good. It really was more of, like, a tie-in type piece which was also cool, um, but I you know, I would definitely say out of the top three, I'd say Moon Knight for sure. Moon that was really good.
0: Did you watch uh, Lovecraft Country with Jonathan Majors?
1: I did, I did. I haven't finished it yet. I was Dude, watching, so fucking good. I watched it when I was in rehab, and so when I got out of rehab, I haven't really caught up on the ones I was watching. I had a lot right. of time there. I don't have a lot of time. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. There's a couple that I need to finish, but that was one of them that I started and haven't
2: finished yet.
0: What, uh, what titles do you keep up with comic book-wise?
1: Uh, I read anything Spider-Man. Um, you know, I'm, I like Spider-Man a lot. So all my comics over here are Spider-Man. I have tons of stories I haven't really pulled out. Um,
0: Did you? Are you an X-Men fan at all?
1: I am. I, you- I, I read quite a bit of X-Men. I'd say my favorite X-Men, uh, Probably, honestly, it would be either Bishop or Cable. Those are some of my favorites, just because of like, the time travel aspect of the things. I really liked that part of the comics, and especially watching the old cartoon. Like, I used yes. to watch when I would like wake up on Saturday mornings. Uh, those episodes, to me, were always the coolest when either Cable or Bishop was always introduced. So.
0: I, yeah, I re-watched uh, Days of Future Past on YouTube the other day just to see if it holds up, and it absolutely does. My yeah. friends, uh, we're going to binge it before the X-Men 97 reboot thing comes out.
1: Oh, yeah, it's good. It's yeah. The, that's, that, yeah, those are the best um, best cartoons, I think, for like um, the Marvel stuff back in the day. That and the original Spider-Man. Are oh, the best. 100%. Yeah, 100%.
0: Are, yeah. I said X-Men because Hickman's run, he just did like the X of Swords. Uh, that shit is some of the best stuff I've ever read. So yeah, I'll, I'll check that. check that out. It's super yeah. good. Anyway, though, man. So let's see, where to begin? I'm curious. So, like, what was what was little Johnny like growing up? What was so? You already said there was divorce in the family. Siblings? Who'd you grow up with?
1: Um, I had two sisters. Uh, one is like my actual like full sister, and the other one's a half sister uh, from my mom's uh, previous marriage. I grew up with them uh, and I just bounced back and forth to my mom and my dad. As a kid, I was just a little shit disturber. Um,
2: yeah. In and out of
1: trouble. Um, you know, bouncing back and forth to my parents. Um, neither of them could figure out what to do. And then, you know, finally when I was like 15, I just left on my own. So, but yeah, I was, I was, uh, you know, kicked out of school the whole, as you can probably imagine, you know, the whole nine yards expelled from every school. All types of shit. Um, you know, I couldn't ride this yellow school bus. <laughs> I got kicked off of those. They wouldn't let me ride those anymore. I had to ride the city bus to school.
0: What, like fighting that type of thing or just like general shit shitster?
1: Um, just all types of shit. Um, you know, I was real ADD, ADHD when I was a kid. And they had me on medicine. And then when I didn't take my medicine, it was probably 99% chance that I was either going to get, you know, suspended or something was going to happen because, you know, I was just way too hyper. Um, tons of fights, obviously. I, I enjoy fighting. I still enjoy fighting. <laughs> um, you know, just any, if you can, if you're thinking it, it probably happened. You know, just a typical, you know, bad kid, I guess.
0: So. So we're like early on. Like, were you into, like, escapism, like, things like fantasy and comics and stuff? That's that's why I got into that shit, which ironically played into me doing drugs at some point. But, like, I my big things was action figures, comic books, go see a movie, and then, like, me and my friends would, like, be those characters for a week or whatever. Um, yeah. Was that kind of, like, any of that, or...
1: No, um, not really. I mean, for me, it was just – I spent a lot of the time, you know, on my medicine and stuff. Um, On the weekends, I wouldn't take my medicine. So, you know, I had a lot – I just felt more normal and stuff, and that's kind of when I got into, like, comics and all that type of stuff. Uh, I just like reading in general. Uh, You know, reading and video games were were big to me as a kid too. So either I was either getting in trouble or I was, you know – doing the complete opposite
0: yeah interesting yeah so when did uh when did using enter the picture do you remember your first time
1: uh yeah i mean shit i i mean i grew up in canada so i mean smoking weed is it's not even a thing you know every everyone's smoking weed smoking weed in like elementary school you know like it's just really you know, Canada, you know, I don't know uh, how to say it other than it's Canada, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, I, I, I do remember smoking for my first time and drinking for my first time, those things. Uh, I never really did much else, you know, when I was still, whatever, I guess, living with my mom, and you know, growing up and stuff like that, I didn't really do too much else. Obviously, you know, fucked around with some mushrooms, Yeah. tried acid one time, I did it many times later on in life but I tried you know when I was younger tried it, it really wasn't my thing uh, psychedelics were not my thing mm, the first time I did opiates I, you know I believe it was when I had my surgery at least the first time I can remember uh, and then what, I was
0: what, what kind of surgery that was mine too Is when I got my wisdom teeth out when I was 14 and I got a script of Demerol. that was a fantastic week
1: Yeah. Mine was, uh, I had a, uh, in what's it's called an instance and it's when your intestine coils inside of each other and it closes off and you you can't, nothing gets through no water, no food. So, you know, I was throwing up all night, you know, I hadn't been drinking or anything. So it was really random. I was throwing up, I couldn't take a sip of water, you know, just dry heat. I went to the hospital, and they were like, oh, yeah, he's super dehydrated. You know, another couple hours, he probably would have been dead. Um, and
0: yeah, how the, old
1: were you then? Um, this I had already moved to California. I was in dance at the time. It was like the beginning, very beginning of dance. Kind of dance. And this
0: was like a spontaneous thing that just happened?
1: Random. happens out of one, one out of every million people, it happens. Um, what? Yeah, and they had me on morphine and then once i got out of the hospital you know they had me on some pills and you know then i just kept searching and searching and searching from that moment on so i thought once i found opiates you know i realized you know that was my drug and i just fucking you know went full force with it so how did what uh so oh man,
0: that's crazy. I didn't realize that. Like mine, so and and you were sorry, I missed the A. So you were what like 18, 17, 18, 19?
1: Yeah, probably like 18 or
0: 19-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's wild. So how did you even what was the, the move from Canada and joining dance? And what like you did you go from like nothing just to I mean you can just briefly go over that. I'm sure you've done it a thousand times.
1: Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. I, uh, I was living with my dad, you know, and it was pretty much the last straw, I don't, you know, something I don't know if you know what Job Corps is, you've heard of that?
0: I absolutely do.
1: Yeah, I went to Job Corps, I was there for like two weeks, got kicked out for drinking, um, that was pretty much the last, last straw for both my parents, I was living with my dad, and his wife hated me, um, she did not like me at all, I mean, to the extent where, like, I had, I lived in the garage, um you know we built we made the garage into a room because she didn't want me in like the inner part of the house kind of thing and i had my own it was cool with me you know, i was young i have my own door going in and out you know i was like oh this is sick but thinking back on it now i was like it's, it's
0: it's so, so symbolically like, like hey, man, you're over kind of, here
1: yeah it's kind of fucked up but
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and i'm like wow this is dope i got all this freedom but anyway it was kind of the last straw and uh you know they're both stationed in the army and they were getting stationed in iowa and she just straight up was like, told my dad, she's like, he's not coming with us. So um, I believe I was living with a girlfriend at the time, just, just a random girl, nothing special, um, her and her parents. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I. her mom was like, yo, you gotta, if you're gonna live here, you gotta do something, you know, typical, you know, <laughs> you live with a girl, her mom's like, you gotta, you gotta go to yeah. school or get a job or something, you know, you can't just live yourself. Uh, I chose school because, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big worker, not an average <laughs> worker over here. <laughs> so I chose school and um, I would go to school and I would go to the bathroom and, uh, you know, I think like, I don't remember, I was, I think maybe like, this is like right around the time, maybe this is like right before my surgery actually. It might be right before it actually, back it up a little. It might be right before the surgery because I was still in the other band technically. But I would go, um, I had these pills. And Mm -hmm. the funny thing is, I didn't even know what the pills were at the time. And, you know, it turns out I was snorting like oxys. I didn't even know what they were, you know. I just found them in the cabinet or whatever. But that didn't last very long. So I I, kind of always forget about that. Um, But I would go to school. I would snort one in the bathroom. And then I would just sleep the whole time in the class. And there was another guy that slept in the class, too, the whole time. And one day we were sitting next to each other and we just started talking after we had woken up.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he um, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in a band, blah, blah. And I, I totally just straight lied. I was like, yeah, I'm in a band, too. I was, I was not in a band.
0: Awesome. Me.
1: And Pro like,
0: bluff move.
1: Total, total bluff move. Um, and he was like, oh, you want to go back to my house to smoke weed? I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, why not? And so I went back to his house, we smoked some weed. He's like, Yeah, we're going to kick our singer out. You know, what do you do? I was like, Oh, I sing. It was all just super random. Like, just.
0: And did you sing, though, at least? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: I, it's funny because I just realized, like a month ago, maybe, like maybe a month, I the song I tried out with was Newfound Glory. Okay. The title of the song is The Story So Far. And I didn't even realize that that was was why that band was named that until like a month ago. I'm like, whoa.
2: I
0: I just found that out just now. It's
1: it's on the (laughs) Stones album. And I was like, what the fuck? And yeah, so I sang that and they're like, oh, you are a singer. And I was like, okay. And I moved in with him and that kind of went on for a while. That was my first band. And we were on this really shitty label. It wasn't even a label. It was, you know, some fucking rip-off bullshit, but we were on the same label as Dance, but they were called Farewell Unknown, and we did a little tour from Washington up to, like, you know, Sacramento, San Diego, San Francisco, and then home, played with them, I met those dudes, you know, fast forward, I'm in my room, you know, I'm doing nothing, I'm living in the basement of the guitar player's brother's house just doing nothing, you know, and uh, the band really wasn't going nowhere. everybody was fighting in the band, uh, probably because I choked the guitar player out on his birthday in front of all of his friends, but he's actually a really good friend of mine now, but I I mean, I didn't mean to, I was just hammered, you know, we were both drunk, Yeah, it happens, but we're actually really good friends now, Um, but yeah, he's, Will was like, hey, we're getting rid of our singer, you want to come to California, I was like, all right, come pick me up, And he literally picked me up. He was there like the next day, picked me up and I drove to California and that's how I started dance with them.
0: Oh man. So. uh, I mean, the what if game's kind of pointless. That's I, I I wouldn't have guessed that you stumbled your way into opiates through surgery though. That's I I was one of them like my way. I, so I fucked up bad enough to have to get sent to, an inpatient treatment center my first one in my senior year of high school but I was on a waiting list yeah. and and I was like well I've never tried heroin and I'm going to rehab anyway so let me just check that off the list and I mean just such just a stupid kid like not understanding that it's not something you can just turn off yeah. um, so I kind of sought it out so how did like what was kind of the progression like I've always you know I've always been interested in like, what, what is it, what would it have been like to be like dependent on something on tour? Like what's, what's the, uh, what's the game there? Like, how are you finding stuff in different cities? Like, how do you make sure you're not sick? How do you
1: maintain? I didn't give a fuck. So I was just straight up with it on the social media. Like, you know like yo i'm gonna be at the show i would literally post on my twitter like you know who's got the pills (laughs) i would not give i wouldn't care at all um
0: and was it kids like happy to be like oh my god i just got to give some pills to the dude from dance
1: yeah straight up they would just all the time uh you know and if i couldn't find that then shit i mean i I'm like a drug magnet, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I could go somewhere. I got like drug radar. Like I could go walk anywhere, be anywhere. I'm I could just, you know, sense or know who's got it. And me, I have no fear whatsoever. So most of the times I would just go into the straight fucking hood, man. And yeah. I would I wouldn't, I would literally you know, don't go there, it's dangerous. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You know, I got one thing in my mind. You know, they want money. I got the money, like and i would go i would go to the bluffs in atlanta you know you got homies (laughs) on on a roof with like ak-47s and shit like and i'm i'm like hey i don't give a fuck about none of that man i'm like i need you know give me me my sack so on tour that i mean started out good like that it was easy and then you know then you get sicker and sicker and you get shit far and few between and it ain't fun And you gotta perform even if you don't got the drugs So
0: another curiosity, so like, and this is how all my friends and my, my mom, especially because we, I I left also when I was 17, never went home, but she could always figure it out because whenever I would do dope, I swear, like my voice drops an octave. And so with you, with this like character, characteristically higher voice, did it ever fuck up your singing?
1: No, I don't think so. Really? You know, everyone's like, oh, he doesn't sing as high anymore blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, this is, it's called growing up. Right. You know, you don't, you, you know, you look at other singers, like Justin Timberlake doesn't sing the way he sang when he was a child to the way he is now. You know, it's like, it's just progression. Um, I don't think it ever really fucked up my voice. Uh, some people said it added, added to it, you know, gave it more of that grit. I don't think that's a thing either. Well, I don't think it ever it never really
0: sure like at least
2: said, me at least
1: just, me thinking yeah. that way I don't think it has it might have
2: but
0: so when did it when did it become an issue so well I guess what was like the the general consensus in the band you're hiding it at this point people sort of know you just kind of say you're doing other stuff like what's the what's the scene looking like
1: I never I everyone always knew I never I never hid it from anyone okay yeah, did well, it
0: did it come to, like, was that the reason for the disillusion with dance? Or was um, it just personality?
1: I think the first, you know, when I, I kicked out of dance or whatever, um, it was just that mixed with just an attitude. You know, I didn't have, um just lack of respect, I guess. On, on their end or your end? Oh, my end, okay. probably. You know, just not caring about issues or if something happened just being like oh well whatever you know sure. you know but they're like no you know you don't just move on and, but me I just be like whatever you know moving on to the next thing so it's probably just a little bit of you know lack of respect on my part um, yeah probably about that so what was the what was the move from there from there I was stranded in New you, Jersey yeah,
0: was it were, was it on tour
1: yeah yeah we were on tour oh, we we're, we're are about, we're about to start another tour the next day we had just played Saints and Sinners what happened was I was it was I don't know if anyone's ever been to Saints and Sinners in New Jersey it's kind of like this like stadium type thing and so you know all around the top of it was all the merch you know and, this, mm-hmm. and it goes down into these you know, they got layers of, like, a stadium, you know, and there's a stage. And I'm up there talking to Silverstein, because that's what we were on tour with at the time. And I hear the intro to our set. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I'm all the way at the top, right? So I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. So I fucking just start booking it. I, I ju- I'm, like, jumping down balconies, bro, like, running. And I missed, like, probably, like, 25 seconds. You know, I missed maybe, like, I'm going to say two lines. Right. And they were just peated after that, after the set, whatever. And it was funny because, like, I wasn't even arguing with the band. I was talking shit to our merch guy. He was getting on my nerves, and he, I, he was in the front seat, and I just told him, I was like, you know, fucking open your mouth again, I'm going to fuck you up. Like, I was just so mad. And then I started, <laughs> ar- I started arguing with the, with the store manager, <laughs> and we started getting crazy and i wasn't gonna fight him and so i was like fuck it i quit you know i'm like give my fucking bag i'm out of here you know go i get my bag i go to the hotel room I'm, I'm partying with like the owner of uh victory records that fucking douchebag I'm, I'm partying with him uh, i'm partying with tino uh from of mice and men he, you know, I part with him, uh, a friend of ours who does a lot of touring with, like, Pierce the Veil and a friend of theirs. Uh, I part of them all night, and uh, you know, the next morning, they're texting me like, hey, you know, you should come down here and talk with us. I'm like, nah, I don't give a fuck, you know, whatever, I'm done. Like, you guys, you gotta take their side. You can have, whatever, I'm done. And uh, they're like, oh, you left your iPod in the car. I'm like, oh,
0: can't leave that
1: so, i go down there and i like get in the van for like a second and they like push me out onto the sidewalk and they like kick me a few times and um i think john maybe elbowed me in the back like once or twice i don't know i didn't Good. i really i didn't even care i was just like i covered my head i'm like just don't, don't hit my head i don't give a shit you know like i'm, oh. not, gonna, I'm not gonna fight him so, and that was that, and they're like, don't ever come back to California, and I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> like, you know, like, and luckily, a Skylar Drive was there, and they picked me up, because they you know, we're from the same area in California, and they're like, whatever, you know, come with us, we'll figure it out, we're not going to leave you here stranded, and, you know, this is, t- I think this is before iPhones and all that, so, mm-hmm. they, you know, there's no maps or nothing like that so you know i was talking with rise and he's like do you want to continue to work on solo stuff or you know do you want to go and be in a band again he's like, i got this band in kentucky they just kicked out their a singer they need somebody um he's like you he's like you know what he's like i'll pay for you go out there try it out you don't want to do it uh you, you know work on your solo stuff we'll figure out what you're gonna do I was like okay so I went to Kentucky and I ended up staying there so that was the start of Emma Rosa. so this whole I guess
0: during this time was there any concept of like maybe I'm partying too much in your mind none whatsoever
1: (laughs) none i mean they're all partying yeah you know they're all they just weren't like popping pills you know they're all getting wasted and blackout drunk and shit so it wasn't like you know it is what it is i think it was just the fact that like i didn't care um i think bugged them more than anything you know the fact that i just didn't really care what happened like right or how it made them look i think they just got all but you know they just got a little butthurt about it because you know you know people were there's other bands that are watching us bigger bands and i think oh you know there's like oh we look hella shitty and it's just like what the fuck ever you know I'm, we played we still sounded great like you know my bad i missed the two lines looking back on it now i get it you know right. you don't want to ever seem unprofessional like that but i mean like i was a kid yeah you know? I learned how to do all this by just doing it. Like I wasn't like brought up on like, okay, this is how you're supposed to act on tour. This is what you're supposed to do. You have to do this. You know, it's like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just doing it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you essentially grew up on the road.
1: Yeah. I I learned everything from being on the road. So it was like, but like I said, I get it now. I understand like the lack of respect on my part. I totally understand that little aspect of it. Um, You know, obviously, being fucked up really wasn't, uh, it didn't help, didn't help at that point either. Right. Yeah. So, but I don't, I don't even think I had even experienced withdrawals at that point, you know? So it was like, it wasn't
2: even. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's super nice being young and resilient. i tell you what, I miss that. You bounce back quick.
1: You wake up and feel like shit. You're like, oh man, I'm supposed to be hungover.
0: Right. You know, you don't think like,
1: oh, shit. And I, like I said, I didn't really, I didn't, no one, I don't know the extent of opiates at this point.
0: Well, I so that,
1: I don't know that I'm going to go, you know, through withdrawals and crap yet.
0: Yeah. So, so keep going with that. When, so you're in Amarosa, things are going good with that. Um,
1: yeah, I, stayed, I stayed sober probably for about a year in the beginning.
0: But just completely like by choice, no one breathing yeah, yeah. down your neck.
1: No, I just, you know, I felt shitty and then I obviously I felt like I had a lot to prove. You know, I was a little bummed out once the reality of the situation sunk in. Uh, I didn't know what what Amorosa was going to do. I didn't know how it was going to go. You know, I was living in fucking Kentucky, you know, working at Jimmy John's. (laughs) So I'm like, like, damn, you know, this sucks. Um, I did still drink, um, but yeah, I don't think I got back into it again until, you know, we went back on, on, on tour, I think, at some point. And then, I, you know, then obviously I found a connect in my town and all that. And, uh, yeah, it kind of got bad from there. That's when I, that's when I first started using needles. Um,
0: How? So what was your first needle experience?
1: Uh, I, my- I, I, I would just snort pills, you know. Yep. That, was, that was it. I was, like, snorting and snorting. And some, you know, the kid he was our merch guy's cousin. And he was like, yo, know, you know, you could shoot those. And I was, I was like, what? You know, I didn't I didn't even think twice. I was like, okay.
0: Yep. Same here.
1: And that was it. I, I didn't think about it. Did you like,
0: uh did he do it? So yeah, mine same deal. It was like when I sought out the dope, I was like, well, I'm just gonna snort it. And then literally when he came back, he was like, just shoot it. And I was just like, Okay. And yeah. I just, you know, he had to do it for me the first time. Cause before that, dude, I was deathly afraid of needles. Yeah.
1: I mean, when you're a kid, you're like, I'm never going to fucking yep. use pills and shit. I'm never going yep. to or do crack. At least I stayed true. I never did crack, thank God. So, I'd say. but yeah, he just, he fucking busted out and we did it. And that was that, you know, and then I started shooting everything from then on. And that's all the whole MacBook fucking fiasco. God.
0: Yeah, that, so that high. was, that would have been, I guess, like, the first time, like, your addiction stuff went public. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Um, you know, I was on rides or whatever, and we were sitting at home, I had like, an $800 pill habit a day, because, you know, they're 30 milligrams of pill, a dollar, a dollar milligram, 30 milligrams, and, you know, they just cut me off. They're, like, you, you're getting too wild, you know, you're, we, I played some shows and they were there and, you know, snorting shit off the merch table. Like, they're just like, we got to cut you off. You're asking for too much money because they were just giving me money. Whenever I need money, I just call them and say, hey, I need money. You know, I got to do this. I have to do that. like
0: The label was just fronting you money?
1: Yeah, nonstop. Wow. Um, label, my manager, all of them. And so, you know, they cut me off and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do, you know? Shit, like, so of course, you know, mine goes to all right, I'm gonna sell my things. Yep, you know, I, I got shit to sell. Okay, TV, you know, I got like PlayStation, Xbox, you know, I had all that. And so I had these two MacBooks, I had a black one and a white one. I had bought one for me and one for my girl so she could do her school. She was in school or whatever, she needed it for school. And yeah, I just posted on social media again. Where you know just say selling this shit eight hundred bucks best offer and I just got flooded with emails dude and so I just picked the first one I'm like okay cool you know sell it and you know the dude sent the money and I didn't even like package package it up nothing like he just sent the money immediately like I was like oh shit that was easy yeah. And then you know, two weeks later, I racked up like thirty three thousand dollars, and then we go on tour. You got thirty three k for that? Yeah. So, Dude,
0: that's a lick.
1: Yeah. So then we go on tour, and then obviously all the people started like, you know, oh, you bought a MacBook. I bought the MacBook, and then started like, you know, congregating, and then it all busted out online and whatever. So,
0: see, and I this is what like what I hate. I mean, it's not excusing anything. I mean, well, dude, my, the first time I met one of my girlfriend's moms was when she came with us to get her laptop out of the pawn shop. And I had to be like, Hey, I'm the boyfriend. So like, I get it. That's what I hate about public lynchings like that is like, when I see something like that, it's like, dude, I, I understand that. That's the, that's the logical move. If you're, if you're, addicted and you need cash like I under I understand it um yeah so the cow was out of the bag
1: yeah, um then they just said you know Amorosa was just like is this true and I was like nah <laughs> and then I think they realized okay you know it is true whatever and it was funny because we just met with like the management company that was doing like paramore data remember all you know sitting there and yeah it was just a mess so they're like okay we're gonna send you to rehab and so i went to rehab
0: where'd you go the first one
1: um in la uh it's called cry help okay yeah i went there 30 days i think i got out What? What
0: was your initial thoughts of that? Like, this is bullshit. I'm doing my time. I feel better. Oh, this kind of makes sense or just kind of whatever.
1: I just bided my time, man.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I did not want to be there. I didn't take any of that shit seriously. Um, I didn't pay attention. It's funny because I went in there and I talked to like a counselor for like five minutes, asked me all these weird questions. And I never spoke to them again the whole 30 days. They were supposed to give me, like, a schedule for classes. I didn't have – didn't know that. I just sat around the whole time. So it was – yeah, it was – that was definitely a place I was just more oriented on just money. Yeah. Like, like okay, this kid's definitely going to be back, like, you know, whatever. It was funded through a, an organization, whatever we got. You know, they just didn't give a fuck. So it worked out in my favor at the time because I didn't have to really do anything. You know, I didn't have to pay attention, I didn't have to care. I think I you know I got out and uh yeah, I, I wasn't I don't I was no longer in Emeralds at the time. So So
0: how and then how long before slaves?
1: I was like, I mean, I went back to dance at some point, you know, after this or whatever. Maybe it was like maybe it was around the same time. I know there was a, there was a period where I was doing both for a minute. Um, and,
0: and you were, well, how long did you stay clean post, uh, and I guess we'll say from opiates, post that rehab? Not very really long. Days? Hours?
1: Maybe maybe like two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Something like that, you know.
0: When, yeah. when, when you go to rehab and you don't want to, all it is is just a time to scrub your receptors clean so you get a, have no tolerance again.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, it was whatever, um, you know, then I was in dance again for a little bit, like, you know, all the drug shit got worse and worse again, uh, Slaves didn't them for a while, uh, I did, I, I did solo stuff, you know, for a long time before all that, uh, Slaves kind of popped off, I wanted to be in a band again, I want to, what's, I want to say, what, like, 20... I don't know, like 13, 14, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe like somewhere on there.
0: Well, and yeah, I didn't mean to uh, gloss over the second time. When you got back in dance, was it like like a Bam Margera style? Like, you can be back, but this is what we expect from you and we're watching you hardcore, that sort of thing, or not really? No.
1: <laughs> no man. I mean, I was living in like hotels and shit.
0: Uh so so, I mean, so the perfect recipe to just keep doing what you're doing
1: yeah like nobody wanted me at their house so i mean they're mm. not they're not stupid you know so it was, it was cool i mean whatever like i i didn't make a big deal out of it but you know i don't see what they really expected was going to happen
0: right so yeah all right so then solo then slaves and like, all the, and, and you, so at this point, have you still not dove into heroin? You're still doing pills?
1: No, no. I was doing like heroin, you know, I just pills were what kind of started the whole thing. But, you know, once I kind of did all that stuff, like the pills, you know, I was, I tried, there, there wasn't much heroin in Kentucky.
2: You could get right. it here and there, but
1: it was like $60 for like a 20 bag.
0: Kentucky's you know. meth country.
1: Yeah. Well, there wasn't much. Yeah. So, you know, uh, once I went back to LA, you know, California, then of course, you know, that's where all the drugs, the hair and all that was. And I was doing that like nonstop. So Um, were uh, you
0: like, do you like, were you, were you, what was, if you remember, like what was going on inside during all that? Were you depressed were you happy were you just living for day to day it was whatever like was, were you like I wish I could get clean I mean what was kind of what were you thinking
1: um, it definitely sucks I was definitely on a uh, you know it's downward spiral again and uh, you know it was just I'm living at hotels you know I'm pretty much homeless um, you know trying to just trying to hold it together the best that I can. Which, you know, obviously didn't happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't think I was like, I mean, obviously, when, when I was high and, you know, going through withdrawals and shit like that, of course, I'm depressed. Uh, I don't think I was using to be depressed. I think I just liked, you know, I like the feeling of being high and, you know, not having to deal with lots of shit. I didn't want to deal with nothing, you know, no, none of my problems. I didn't want to deal with, you know, the fact that I had to deal with band, band problems and all that. I just didn't want to deal with it, get that shit. So being high was a really good way to escape. And I think using on the road, I've always thought, too, is like, it's hard, you know, being out there. And, you know, a lot of people don't make it. You know, they quit and they want to get real jobs and shit. But, um, you know, I just push through with drugs. Yeah. You know? everyone's fighting or arguing about some shit or we're not making money and how we're going to get to the show, you know, whatever it is. I was fucking, I'm high. Yeah. I don't care what happens. And that, that was kind of how I got through that. That whole era was just kind of keeping myself, you know, stress-free, I guess, not having to worry about, am I going to be able to eat today? Yeah. Am I get am I choosing to eat today or get drunk?
0: It, yeah, man, it does. It, and like, that's the
1: tour life is like, what am I going to spend this $5 on? You know?
0: Well, it's, it's like a super, it's a super watered down, simplified world. Like, I mean, you're right. It's like, you really, you just have some tasks that you have to do for the day, and that's about it. It's kind of like the, uh, even now, like, that's, that's, I can see the appeal of even, like the life of using or whatever is that it's just it's 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 very simple you know what you want to do and you know what you got to do and and you just have to figure out a way to get money and get high and then that's a wrap and then you can worry about the next day tomorrow and like otherwise like oh i gotta fucking pay taxes i gotta fill i gotta change my oil you know all this shit that i that i avoided for so long yeah all right so were you when you got into slaves, is that a period when you were cleaned up?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was more of like, you know, you can't be using, you know, we're going to get a band house and do all that. And, uh, you know, I, I that, was, that was that period when I got on, uh, like right before slaves and all that, I was, I had just gotten on uh, Suboxone. Yeah. So I was doing pretty good, you know, I have about eight, nine months. You know, uh, moved back to, uh, you know, Sacramento. I don't remember where the fuck I was living. Um, I, I moved back. To, I think I was living in Sac, but I was living with a girl, and I did not want to live there anymore. <laughs> so I literally, while we were making the first Slave CD, we just got a band house, and I was like, see you later. I'm out.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, she sucks. She's. She's yeah, horrible. <laughs> she still won't
0: leave me alone. You seem to have a few of those, huh?
1: Yeah, well she's the main, she's the main instigator out of all of that shit. She was she's the one. Ugh. But yeah, she's whatever. But I yeah, we we did a CD and got a band house, you know, and they did their best to kind of keep me clean and shit. And you know, it was cool. There's lots of relapses. Obviously, you know, tons of relapses. Um, yeah, you know, it just, then, you know, from there, it was just on off, on off, you know, on off, just clean, not clean, clean, not clean.
0: Yeah, that's when it sucks. That's just the hard. rough, that's the rough time.
1: Yeah, you know, you got you got cook a good amount of time and you fuck up, whatever. And I'd do really good. And then, you know, I'd be on tour and fuck up, and then everyone would just be upset. You know, and just that—that that was shitty to me. You know.
0: So, what was the what was the the final straw with slaves?
1: Um, I just didn't show up to the airport. You know, I was in San Antonio. Um, I was using. I I had I got my teeth done. So they gave me the pills. You know. And at that time, I was just smoking weed, and they they gave me, you know, the Vicodin for the teeth. And then it was only supposed to be like a two-week period, Mm -hmm. but they had to do the same surgery like three times, so they just kept giving me the pills, and I'm like, ew. So that kind of of really fucked me. Um, And then, you know, me and Taylor were just getting high, and uh, I flew out to LAX like five in the morning. And I got there, It's was like 6.30 and I got there and I'm like, bro, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, I don't want to sit on a plane for like 20 hours and be dope sick, you know? Um, Cause it's not like doing like fentanyl and heroin, you know, um, it's not like doing pills. Like you can't just bring it on the airplane. Right. You can, get, you can get pills on an airplane, but when you do like fentanyl or heroin, taking the pill is like you might as well just be taking Advil.
0: Right. You know, it, ain't, it, it ain't touching it.
1: Doesn't, it doesn't do fuck all. So, you know, it's, I knew I was going to get sick immediately, you know, no matter what amount I had used, I was going to be sick, you know, by the time we were up in the air. Because, you know, I couldn't, I only could only use before the first flight at like five. So long story short, I just flew back home and you know kind of left them high and dry and that was that mm. that, that was that yeah, so what they, w- before no, that go, go ahead yeah before that they were like we had a little uh acoustic tour and i used on like the last day and they were like well, we're done we're done you know blah, blah, blah. you know then they were like okay we're, we're gonna do the europe tour and after we're done the europe tour you got to get help or whatever and that didn't work out because I just didn't show up. Yeah. So.
0: So what was the, so, I mean, now we're getting, we're getting closer to uh, the current day. I mean, what was this, 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 I can kind of remember like seeing your social media stuff of you like still kind of doing the the off and on thing and, and proud of your recovery. And then, Slipping, I don't, I don't really know, and and it was shortly before um you really you switched gears into the R&B solo stuff. So what, I mean that had to be kind of a uh, a low spot of of missing the tour just because you were going to be dope sick.
1: Yeah, I mean it sucked, um, you know, and that didn't last much longer. I guess uh, I ended up, you know, back at my dad's and. You know, he lives in the middle of nowhere in New York, so that was pretty depressing. Um, I kind of got clean there, uh, went back to L.A. to finish the Eric Ron CD that I was working on, the first little EP, which he, you know, we waited a whole year to even finish it because he wouldn't let me, you know, come until I was clean. And so, but, you know, once I got back to L.A., it kind of started up again. Uh, I got clean before my son was born that's right that's right But he had a surgery when he was four months you know and they're like oh here's the odds of him living not living that kind of fucked me up a little bit and you know i slipped and then i just kept slipping and he was fine pulled through doing great now but i was stuck in a hole again you know I, i couldn't couldn't get myself out of it um you know, I, I got into some legal trouble. You know, some stuff, and you know, the baby um, had to go live with her mom. And you know, until all of it's cleared up, which thank God is almost done. Um, tomorrow, I actually graduate drug court. Um,
0: That's uh funny enough. Uh, I am. I'm a drug court counselor. So.
1: Yeah, I, I complete tomorrow. 190 days.
0: Dude, that's that's tough. Drug court have, well, I have hard. longer.
1: I have longer, but they docked me a week because I got COVID. I don't oh, know. How, I have no idea how that works, but I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like I was still clean, but they're like, "Oh, well, we couldn't come out and see you." I'm like,
0: "Oh, jeez. Oh, Fucking so congratulations.
1: I, an extra week, which is fine." So, but yeah, I, I complete that tomorrow, but yeah, so you know, I got into all this trouble and at first, you know, they're like, you need to do this, this, and this. And I wasn't doing none of it. You know, they're coming to the house to pee test me. I'm failing. You know, they're coming to the house at eight in the morning. I'm doing a breathalyzer and I'm drunk, you know, and he's looking at me, looking at the thing, looking at me. And I'm like, oh, it must be from the night before.
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> uh, it's,
0: it's some Listerine, I swear.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, after a couple of times, he just after, and then I'm just like, um, yeah, I'm gonna fail, dude. You know, like there's no point to even lie. But so um, I did that little run, that little tour, and I knew that when I had to get, you know, come back, like I had to just, I had to just turn it around. You know, um, I wanted my son back. I wanted my son back home.
0: Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask how much. I mean, I know this. I'm finally at a point where I'm considering. Fatherhood, but like, how much did that change your world? I mean, I know everybody, you know, it's the cliched thing, but yeah. did it, would you say it really like made the difference between, I mean, I'll just let you speak on it. Like, how much yeah. did it?
1: It really did. Um, you know, and me just being honest, you know, I got to take accountability. I wish that it would have hit me sooner, you know, mm-hmm. the severity of the situation of uh, me being an addict, me having a child. Um, you know, those were not things that I was really thinking about clearly in the moment, uh, you know, until all, all this stuff happened. And I'm, I'm, I hate the fact that I got to go through it, but I'm glad that it happened um, because, you know, being in all this trouble or whatever has really forced me to, you know, I don't think I would have, I would have gotten the help if sure. I hadn't put in a situation. Um, but I kind of snapped out of it. You know, once I came back from the tour and realized, you know, hey, I gotta get help um, because it's not just about me anymore. It's not even about me and Sydney. You know, what I'm saying it's about me and this child. Um, and so that kind of snapped me out of it. And then from that moment on, I was like, I gotta whatever I gotta do, I gotta do it. You know, I don't care what happens. I have to take accountability for what happened. Um, you know, uh, whatever happens is gonna happen. But I gotta stay sober. You know, because nothing is gonna change. And I, you know, nothing is even maybe going to change and nothing's going to work out for you if you don't really take the the right steps, you know? Because, you know, I can say I'm clean and sober a million fucking times, you know what I'm saying? But I think when it really hits you, man, I think it just really hits you. Like, I've just kind of flipped a switch where mm-hmm. I, I have no desire... At, right now because I wake up every day and I'm like okay wow it would it would be nice you know to go and get high today or it'd be nice to go and hang out with so-and-so and have some drinks or whatever but what's that gonna get me you know what I'm saying like how is that gonna affect my relationship with my son how how is that gonna help bring him home you know um, and those are just things I think about every day when I wake up like what's the number one reason I stay sober is because of him, you know, and people are like, Oh, you got to do it for yourself and all this shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, of course I like being healthy. I like feeling great. I like looking better, you know, all the shit that comes with it. But my ultimate goal right now is to just, you know, make sure that he, all the shit that happened, you know, my drug charges, all the shit, none of it matters because, If I take care of this right now, if I do this in this moment, he's so young, that he's never going to remember any of it. For sure. And and you know what? Of course, you know, we're going to have a conversation about it, whatever, when he's older and stuff, but it doesn't have to affect him the way that it affects a lot of kids, uh, you know, in the system right now where they lose parents or, you know, they take their child away and the parents just give up because they don't have any hope. You know, they don't. They don't they're not at a spot where I'm at. And you know, I, I feel for those people because it's hard. And I'm glad that I was able to make that decision to to you know because a lot a lot of people they just give up. You know, they give up on their their kids because they feel like, you know, there's there's no there's no ending in sight. I've been doing this shit for nine months. You know, I've been I've been I've been clean almost seven months out of it. I've been doing this for nine months you know, I've done so much shit uh, that they've asked me to do like I've done counseling, you know, I'm, I, I'm doing therapy. Uh, I've taken a domestic violence class, um, you know, uh, parenting classes all just tons of stuff. Um,
2: you yeah and,
0: and not everyone does a hundred percent that's what i'm saying like when you said was, you're graduating i was like fucking congratulations because you're yeah. one of the select few well
1: it's hard because you one thing you miss one little slip you don't make a court day, whatever you start back at zero so mm-hmm. i understand a lot of these people are like there's no ending in sight because when i first started this you know i was like fuck this is gonna be never ending like what you know and i didn't have a lot of hope at first but I met a lot of good people in rehab and they were just like you, it sounds cliche as fuck but you have to just trust the process mm-hmm. because nothing that happens when you're sober can be any worse than what the fuck's going to happen when you're using drugs like you there's definitely no chance of you bringing him home if you use drugs like but at least not using drugs there is some hope to the situation, and since getting clean, you know, I, I've had nothing but positive results, like, everything I'm doing is amazing, every counselor I've worked with is just, like, blown away, you know, they, they like I said, the, the drug court dude, like, I got the, the guy, he calls me just to fucking check up on me, you know, and he's, he doesn't have to do that type of shit, he's just, like, want to make sure you're doing good, Where he's, like, you know, it's just, it's just a good feeling. And, you know, especially with all my court stuff, like, um, you know, I, I, I didn't want to take probation because, you know, that can be really, really tricky while touring um, and having charges. They were misdemeanor charges and even misdemeanors, you know, having them on your record is really difficult to, you know, tour and go outside of the country and stuff like that. So, yeah,
0: that's the big thing.
1: Unfortunately, you know, right now uh, we had to deal with the fact that the easiest route was to go was I had to deny the probation. um, And so they have elevated my charges to felonies and which is sounds hella stupid, but it's actually a good thing because, you know, the route that we're going is, okay, now we got to set a trial date, plead not guilty, here's a trial date, whatever. I think it's like end of July or something, but it's just more time to show them the progress more time to show what I'm doing. Uh, and we're just going to move towards a straight dismissal. Um, yeah. I don't know if a lot of people know how court stuff works. I mean, it looks horrible. We read on the internet, you know, or read it on a piece of paper, like, oh, shit, went from misdemeanor to felonies, like, oh, you're fucked. But no, you, know, you can. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it's actually a good thing, because I'll be able to get a straight dismissal instead of having to take anything, you know, yeah. and it's not. It's not just like, OK, I got off scot-free, but I just I couldn't I I wanted to show them like I was doing what I was supposed to do. I've never had anything like this happen. Um, you know, I, I just want to be able to have a second chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it goes into like this is the thing with like with the American public and I, I dude, I was you know, I've, I was on. Five years of probation and, and got locked up, locked up just for drug charges. And it was basically I just had tons of character witnesses that were just like, look, man, like he's just a drug addict. Like, it's just and it's the whole thing. It's like, do you do we like as a society, do we actually want to rehabilitate people or do we do we just want to punish people? And a lot of people, it seems like they just want you to suffer when it's like, all right, well, is it an illness or isn't it? And if it is, then maybe give me a chance to make right The wrong that I did because it's like you, you know, I'll I'll go out on a limb here and suggest that like you sitting here now probably would not have done the things that occurred, like in your right mind.
1: No, I mean, you know, I'm not right now now that I'm sober, I got money, right? Right. So a lot of the things that I did stemmed from not having fucking money. Yeah, you know, a lot of the horrible things I've done is just me being not able to get myself well. And Mm -hmm. I think now a lot of the stuff, like, was, you know, scary, and I think is, is, you know, it's not just drug charges for me, you know, now it has to do with, like, a child and stuff, and, you know, that was big for me, too, is, like, you know, wow, like, you have really fucked up this time, like, this is, this ain't, this ain't a thing, (laughs) like, you know, this isn't just, hey, you, you got a drug charge, you know, you know whatever like this is a whole whole other fucking ballpark it's
0: it's a life-changing event is what it is
2: yeah
1: it was like okay you know the court system they read bam they read child they read the word fentanyl and you you know they don't they're not fucking around especially in california like so like i said i've been doing this for nine months man and you know, I haven't spoken really one word about it. This is probably the most I've spoken about it ever, um, at least to people that are not close friends. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to say that it's finally coming to an end. Um, I've done what I'm supposed to do, so that's good. And I'm happy that, that I'm able to, like, I'm just ready to move move past it, man. That's the big thing. Um,
0: well, and, I, dude, the, and, and personally, like, I'm glad you're – sitting here to be able to say it because the way the Fent game is right now, it's, it's, that's the other, that's the other ending to this story. Yeah. I mean, I've lost so many just this year.
1: I've lost a bunch. I lost like three people this week, man. Yeah. And the crazy thing is like, I went into rehab and you know, they test you because they see how your levels are so that they can have a baseline. Um, And they literally, the person that tested me, they got the thing back and they were like, We've never seen this high of levels in a living person for Sacramento County. I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "I don't know if I should brag about that." But
0: yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a, a a rough record. I don't know. If, I don't know if we'll put that in Guinness.
1: Yeah, that's a beast mode right there. But I mean, I was, I was just, I was spending like twelve hundred dollars a week. God, like I was shooting like gram shots, probably you know when people are dying off like the size of a piece of salt i'm doing like rocks the size of a quarter yeah <laughs> you know and it's just it was just too much that was another reason yeah. why I, I and like i wasn't even getting high
0: anymore. that's that's the other thing too is, is I, was, that... it,
1: I was just sick and then i wouldn't be sick and like i was just so over it man so mm-hmm. i'm glad that all that i hate the fact that I, I i put my son through all this um but I'm glad that it happened so that I was able to get the help that, that I needed. And not only that, but I think it really is just right time, right place. Sometimes, you know, the rehab that I went to, the people there were just amazing. Uh, You know, and I think it just all kind of, yeah. there were people in there that were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And that, that was really motivating, um, You know, then you kind of gravitate, You either gravitate towards the people that aren't doing what they want to do and are just kind of buying their time or you're gravitating towards the people that are doing what they're trying to do. They're serious about what they're doing. And luckily, I went, you know, towards the people that were doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I kind of just fell in with all that and I made a real improvement. And then by the time I knew it, you know, it was I was out of there.
0: So, yeah, somebody and that's that's how it happened, because I, I over my time, I went to 19 treatment centers from the time I was 15 till I was 27. And it was yeah. and uh, I had someone tell me it's like when it's your time, it's like there's nothing you could or could not do. It's like you're just going to get it. So it's just like yeah. it just lines up. And I mean, all you really have to do is just kind of accept it. But yeah, it's, I've, I've seen that time and again where it's just like for for whatever reason. When you when you finally get it, you have that chance to get it. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I luckily I uh, I think it was like my third third treatment center, the third one. Uh, but I mean, I just I just didn't I, I didn't keep going. You know, a lot of people keep going, and their parents make them go. I just I just didn't keep going. You know, I'm like
0: that that was. I'm not yeah, gonna like... waste
1: this time. I'm not gonna waste this money because I know I'm not gonna get clean. Yeah. Um, so I just stopped going. Um, and then, the, the, you know, this like I said, this last time I went, I was just I was just defeated, um, you know, with the situation. I was defeated with my home life, um, you know, my relationship. I was just uh, it was just time. Yeah, you were to, done, uh, man. Try something um, different. And then I will say I owe a lot of it to uh, the shot that I'm on, too. I'm on that Vivitrol shot. Awesome. And that has really, really made a huge difference. And I wanna you know, advocate to anyone that's definitely listening, um, if they're thinking about that or heard about it, that's definitely um, made a real big difference for me. cause you know, the first months, two months in rehab, um, I couldn't even take it cause I still wasn't peeing clean from- Oh dental. God. That's how, that's how long it stayed in my system, bro. So when I was, finally, when I was able to pee clean, uh, they put me on the shot, and I think I've been on about five months now. And it's awesome. Been, it's been amazing. Like, I don't have no How prayer. long?
0: Yeah, to those listening, uh, Vivitrol is a, is a once-monthly naltrexone shot. Is it naltrexone or naloxone? One or the other.
1: Naltrexone.
0: Naltrexone, which is just an opioid blocker. Uh, yeah. And yes, I know it's, it is a super, um, that's, that's badass that you made that decision. A lot of people, it's like inch when I try to, when I was working at a rehab, I try to convince people to get it. But in their minds, they're just like, I'm not really done because it's, it's a commitment. Yeah. Once you get that, once you're not beating it, or if you do, yeah. you know,
1: I was just, that's like, awesome. Hey, I'm going to, th- what it does is it takes, it takes the choice out of your hands. Yes. Much, for 30 days. And, a lot of people don't, they're, they're scared to get the shot because A, you know, like you said, they're not done. They know that once they're out of the rehab, they're going to want to use or whatever or drink because it works for alcohol as well. It blocks both. Um, so I was just like, fuck it, you know, I'm going to get the first shot. 30 days goes by, whatever. I got the second shot, you know, and I just kept taking the choice out of my hands until I wanted to get the shot. Until I was like, okay, you know, I, I will make sure, okay, here's my appointment. All right, good. I'm going to be there. You know, like I made sure that I focused on making sure I kept up with it because it's something that I realized was really helping
2: awesome. know,
1: in, in my recovery, obviously. Like it was, it, 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 it's really pushed me forward because it, like I said, it just takes the, you don't have to think about it
0: yeah you know? that's that's like huge that's you
1: get it and then you're like okay man i don't have to worry you know what even if i wanted to get high i can't so i can't why am i gonna waste the money oh i'm out with people drinking or whatever like i'm not gonna feel it why am i gonna wake up feeling like shit it takes that kind of mentality a little bit out of out of the way because it's like okay well i can't do it anyway so why am i gonna fret about it
2: yeah you know and
1: like a lot of people are like oh you could still get drunk it's like I'm not going to test the waters, you know, you want no. that, to that's cool, but I'm good, <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's been a real game changer for me. I, I've done suboxone. Um, I never did methadone, never tried. I mean, I've obviously done methadone, but I never did it like right correctly.
0: As directed.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> but you know, suboxone was good. It worked really well until it became a crutch.
0: Yes. Uh, Suboxone for me too. Every time I was on it, it never, it was just like being constantly blue balled because it was like in the morning, it would give me like, it was probably placebo, but every time I took a strip, I was like, I kind of get a little energy. It just still kept me in the mindset of like getting loaded was the issue with me.
1: I never felt any that, Like I would take it and then I'd be like, whatever. But I was also, I was drinking
2: mm-hmm. the whole
1: time I was taking Suboxone. So I would just take Suboxone and I thought, okay. I'm cured, you know. I don't got to worry about drugs anymore. I can still drink, and I think that had a, a lot to do with it as well. So I'm not knocking Subox, and I'm just, I'm sure. No, yeah, I mean, I like mean, are using yeah. it and they're doing it correctly, but for me, it just became a crush because I would take it, and then I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna get high, you know, and then I wouldn't take my strip for the day, and then you could get high, but then when you're like, oh fuck, I don't have any more drugs, I'm gonna get sick, you go back to taking Subox.
0: Right. Right, 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 and I'm um, yeah, definitely. However, everybody listening to, however you got it, like I'm just for people living these days. So however you got to do it, just just yeah. just live. Uh, so man, awesome. I really appreciate you uh sharing all that, dude. What um I want to give you a chance to what you got in what you got in the works.
2: Um,
1: I got a few things. I was, you know, I, we have an EP that we're about to drop. Um, I recorded it before my son was even born, you know, so. So it's been in the can. It's, it, it's been there, you know, about two years. But <laughs> So, you know, it's not, it's not really, I mean, I, wanna, I don't want to say it's not up to date, like musically, but um, I'm definitely doing some other things now that are going to sound a little different, but I still want to get it out. I think there's some good songs. Um, we're going to do a couple things um differently we're not going to put it on uh digitally right away so there's gonna be like 300 little bundles and that's the only way you can get this ep it comes with like a limited edition like bobblehead like pop figure um comes with some other stuff um you know and the cd is going to be on like a thumb drive you know Oh, nice yeah so it like i said and it's gonna be like you know for the first 300 and then we will put it on digitally like later later but it will not be on there for a while. Um, I'm starting, a, I've started a group with some friends and uh, it's more like, I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, I guess they have you know, one of the dudes kind of sounds like a goth, Post Malone type guy. You know, it's kind of has this whole, I don't want to say pop punkish, but definitely has more of like, my parts are all like R&B. And then he's got his own little style and there's another guy that has his style. And it's kind of just a mixture of those. Um, definitely not, you know, super uh, instrument orientated. It's more beats of course. Uh, but that, I think there's a lot of cool ones and I've just been kind of messing with that. But other than that, dude, I'm just focusing on uh, bringing my son home. Awesome. That's, that, that's the main goal.
0: Yeah. Just,
1: you know, I know music will be there dude um, or it won't, but you know what's important for me is to just get all this stuff figured out uh you know with 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 my personal issues first so that's that is the first thing that's on my plate um and music music will can just you know it it, it will come I know it will come once I just continue to stay sober so yeah
0: man you you seem like a man that has his priorities straight um just you know
1: I don't want to be lame as fuck, but you know i'm just doing it one day at a time here. hey bro <laughs> <laughs> i'm just taking it one day and i'm gonna see what happens you know tomorrow could be completely different but so far every day has been good you know awesome so.
0: well thanks again johnny uh send me an email church and other drugs at gmail.com patreon.com slash church and other drugs and slash ever said
2: looking at the bad shit, always thinking that we have it, yeah, well, look at the things that I've done, nothing is ever enough, I try to be patient but I'm tired of waiting for something that